Hey, all Beard Inside listeners. Here's our second weekly episode of our YouTube show, because we understand that not everybody has a chance to watch a YouTube video, so we're giving you one of our older episodes here for you to listen to on your drive or however you're listening to us right now. It's the audio from episode 88 of our YouTube show. It originally came out on July 30th, 2021. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new trendingtopicsnetwork.com, or most other listing avenues. We also kindly ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. We are back at the brewery today. Uh, today we're in the Oshelaga Maisonneuve area of Montreal. And joining me is Sean from Avantgarde Brewery. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Thank you very much for hosting us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, you brought My me pleasure. up some great beers to try today. What's the first one I'm going to be trying? So yeah, the first one is called Dubizou. Uh, it's a, a, basically a wit beer. Uh, so we wanted to give uh, the traditional Belgian wit beer a twist. So we um, basically kind of kept the a little bit of the coriander that's typically in the style, but we um, we didn't put any uh, orange peel in it, and instead we replaced that with um, kaffir lime leaves and um, uh, hang on jasmine flower okay. actually. So it's super floral, a little bit uh, citrusy from the lime leaves. Um, yeah, a thirst quencher. You're also having a beer. What are you? Yeah, having? I'm, I'm having a beer. It's uh, one of my go-to's uh, these days. It's called BZ. Uh, and this is uh, basically what we call a Berliner Braggot. Okay. So it's a Berliner Weiss style beer, but it's brewed with uh, almost half of the fermentable sugars are from honey. So it has this uh, yeah, wildflower honey uh, flavor to it. Uh, super uh, refreshing, 3% alcohol. So nice. you can, yeah, you can pretty, uh, pretty much down Toast. it. Okay. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's a nice summer beer. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, it's to, to our surprise, actually, when we, when we um, first brewed this beer, um, it was intended to be a summer seasonal, uh, but it's been one of our best sellers for the past three years now. It's actually our second best seller after our IPA, so that was uh, pretty surprising for us, yeah. but I guess there's a big market for, um, for these you know, thirst-quenching beers, and uh, yeah. it's kind of different from uh, most of the wit beers on the market, so mm-hmm. I like to think that that's, uh, that's why it's a go-to for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not getting a lot of orange that I usually do in a lot of wheat beers, like you said, so it's, it's a good change for me. Yeah. Uh, this is super delicious. So Thanks. It's very crushable. Uh, so what's the beer story? Uh, Brasseur, Avant-Garde, what, yep. how did it get created? So um, the story is it's kind of a long story, so I'll try to make it short, but uh, we're basically two, uh, two partners. My partner, Renaud, who's not here today, uh, he first founded uh, Jukebox Beers, which is also now part of uh, Avant-Garde. Um, so he founded Jukebox in 2012, and we started. We both started out as well. First of all, home brewers, uh, but second as um, contract brewers. So he founded Jukebox uh, in 2012, started brewing at Brassard de Montréal, and then uh, yeah, we met through our, our homebrew club, Montrealers, uh, and we got to talking. Um, I at that at that moment I was uh, actually working at McCausland Brewery in uh, in Saint Henry. Uh, so yeah, I quit what I, what I was doing before to become a brewer, thinking you know, eventually I'll have my own place. So anyway, I, I had the, um, the background for, um, for you know, the technical aspect of brewing, and uh, Renault has a background in finance and, and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, anyway, he was running Jukebox uh, on his own, and uh, part-time basically was working full-time in a bank. And uh, yeah, we got to talking, and, and we figured it would be fun to work together, so we founded another 
brand, which is Avant Garde. Mm -hmm. uh, so as of 2016, uh, that's when we brewed our first brews with uh, Avant Garde. We transferred all our production to Ashlag, which is in the same building uh, as, as uh, our brewery. And uh, yeah, from 2016 to 2019, we, we brewed our beers at Ashlag. Uh, and then um, in 2018, we signed the lease for this, uh, this beautiful place. And uh, yeah, started brewing in 2019. And uh, so when, when we built the, the factory here in Taproom, uh, we merged Jukebox and Avant Garde together as one company. So we're basically running both uh, brands uh, while in the brewery here brewing, uh, yeah, both. Yeah, because I originally found you guys because I was trying to go to Oshlag. I didn't realize that they didn't have uh, customers in. And so I started driving up and I saw you sure. at the front and I'm like, oh, beer I can drink in Oshlag <laughs> and I'm already here, so why not? There yep. wasn't as many in the area. There's two or three more now in the not adjoining uh, boroughs, but yeah. it's uh, it was great. And I love, I love the kind of old garage door style sure. of the brewery. Um, and when you started... You didn't have a kitchen. Uh, you mentioned pre-show you had to add the kitchen because of the pandemic. Yeah. So that... Actually, it, it was always in the plan. Okay. But, I mean, it's a big investment and uh, we didn't really have the, the, mm -hmm. the funds for it after building the brewery. So, at first, we just ran a tap room and, um, yeah, we decided to go ahead with, uh, with the kitchen. Actually, we, we put a deposit on our pizza oven three days before the first lockdown. So, we were like, okay, what do we do, you know? So, we kind of put that on hold. And then during the summer, last summer, we decided to go ahead with the project. And uh, when we closed for the second lockdown, we just uh, gave it a go and built everything, which, which was, you know, it turned out pretty well because uh, building a kitchen in our tap room while we were open would have been hell. Uh, so, you know, at least we, we got to, um, to, you know, do all the work without having to um, clean up every day. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're newly open with the, the kitchen now and it's going pretty well. Uh, now, when you and your partner got together, uh, just start contract brewing with Ashlag, same building, creating this location, was there any uh, problems or difficulties that came along with the creation of the avant-garde brand? Nothing unusual, honestly, because we were, we were quite lucky because, uh, as I mentioned, we were in the same um, building as Ashlag. And uh, when we, like we used to brew at Ashlag, I was also head brewer there, so basically I was, I was working there when the, when the brewery was actually built. So uh, I was, you know, I was pretty present and um, the owner at that time of Ashlag, uh, he, we were kind of starting to look for a place and um, yeah, he told us, well, there's the old bingo that's closed for, that's been closed for six months, they're looking for, for people uh, to, to rent the place and um, yeah, if you, if you guys are interested, I can, you know, I can um, introduce you to the owner, and uh, and so he did, and, and we were really lucky because it's super hard to find uh, a space for a brewery because, uh, well, for multiple reasons, you know, there's the permits, there's the zoning laws, and then you, you have to have, you know, an owner, building owner that's that's willing to work with you, and a lot of them aren't, and so there's a lot of stories of uh, my colleagues in other breweries that, uh, like, spent two years uh, just finding a place, and, you know, you find a place, and then you work on it for two, three months, and then the owner just rents it to somebody else, and... So anyway, um, we were all, you, you, there's two other breweries, there's Ashlag and Gutenberg in the same building. Yeah. Uh, the owner knew what to expect. They knew it was like a big investments, material investments, a lot of work, and they were ready to back us for that. Um, well, actually, you know, not financially, but they were really ready to work with us for that. So, um, so we were actually quite lucky and got the brewery going uh, 
pretty quickly. So we didn't really have any huge hurdles. Um, and then, you know, since then, well, obviously there's a pandemic, but uh, I'd say our, our biggest hurdle was probably distribution. Like we, we were, uh, we changed distributors um, this winter, uh, created another company for uh, representation uh, uh, in which we partnered with different breweries just to, you know, hire sales reps and all that. And uh, I'd say, you know, sales is really the, the you know, biggest, um, it's, not a, it's not a problem, but it's not easy, you know, brewing mm -hmm. a beer is, is fine. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, we have the yeah. brewery, the equipment, but, you know, getting it out there is, is not, um, I mean, it's a job in itself, yeah. so, yeah. What, what I do like of Quebec uh, beer laws or liquor laws in general uh, versus the rest of Canada from what I've seen is that we're allowed kind of like small beer stores. Like yeah. uh, where I live, it's Malte Hops, there's uh, Epicerie Moderne and NDG, places yeah. like that. So it's, it's a lot easier for me to access you guys sure. than having to go to like an LCBO or having to go to a brewery. And with the pandemic, everything being shut down, I didn't know if I was able to go to breweries. So right. it's uh, thankfully you're an essential service. So <laughs> it's, it's great to have. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so Avant Garde, what, what got, made you guys decide that name? Kind of long story. I mean, uh, the the real reason is that Renault and I couldn't uh, like get along on, okay. on what are, whatever names we were looking at, and uh, Alagal was like the one that we we both liked. And yeah, to me, that like the meaning of it is that uh, you know I have a background in literature and arts and everything, and you know there's the avant-garde movement in art in the 20th century, and um, one of the staples of you know we always think of uh, of these um, artistic movements as in you know. Uh, doing completely wacky stuff but to me I think an important aspect of those artistic um, currents is that they kind of took art and and brought it into the industrial world like if you talk think about uh, Andy Warhol uh, Marcel Duchamp with his ready-made you know uh, uh, there's there's kind of like this this link between the you know uh, the beaux-arts and uh, industrialized industrialization mm -hmm. that is super present um, in those movements and I think with beer I like to think of beer as being uh, you know artistic and technical at the same time and yeah. plus it's like more or less mass-produced so I think there's there's something to to um, to, uh, to get from from that that um, that I like <laughs> very cool no I like it and you mentioned industrial you are obviously in a very industrial area yeah. uh, which is great um, you obviously have a lot of traffic come by. Do you get a sure. lot of just random people show up and like, hey, a brewery, I'm going to grab some beers? Yeah, yeah, more and more. Um, and especially with the terrace that we built um, this, uh, this spring. So, you know, people drive by and they see it and, they, they, you know, it kind of catches the eye. But we also have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, factory workers or there's like a Coke uh, distribution center mm -hmm. right, uh, right uh, next door. So we have a, get a lot of employees uh, from these... Um, these businesses that we that, that are not necessarily like beer aficionados, but you know they're happy to have a place where they can come and and, and have a drink uh, after work. So uh, yeah, and, and as I mentioned, we're in a huge building here. It's like seven seven hundred thousand square feet or so. Uh, two other breweries in the, the building, but there's a uh, our next door neighbor is a go kart track, yeah. indoor go kart track. There's a, a climbing gym. There's a interior soccer. So we, we get a lot of um, people that uh, you know come to the uh, to this building for for multiple reasons and then just stop by after to have a drink so that's that's pretty cool uh pre-pandemic did you find a lot of since you're next to where the expos would have played but you also have uh saputo stadium which yep. is the montreal cf or 
club football. Do you get a lot of pre like fans who come here before they go to the stadium? Or? Yeah, yeah. Pre-pandemic, we did actually uh, quite a bit. When when uh, there was some big games, uh, we we would get reservations and and you know we actually try to strike a deal with the uh, fan clubs. Yeah. There's two fan clubs from the Impact, and this well today is called the CF, but uh, and it was just hell like that. You know how how rowdy uh, some of these fans can be and, and they came over and we said like never again yeah. <laughs> they, just, they were sticking stickers everywhere on the walls oh. and everything and we're like well, you know. anyway oh it's still it's i you know i very much miss the expos personally right but it would be great if because uh, i really wasn't into craft beer until we lost the expos but now it'd be like i'd come here i'd have a few beers and then i'd go see an expos game but definitely uh, fortunate reality is that stadium is kind of bad so <laughs> yeah uh what's beer number two i'm going to be trying here yeah so that's uh, mr brown that's one of our uh, flagships uh one of the first beers that we uh, we came out with so it's a british brown ale um so it's pretty malt forward um and uh not not very hoppy the the accent was really on the the, the malt bill uh so we're talking four and a half percent alcohol a uh, little residual sweetness, uh, but not so much. It's pretty, uh, pretty quaffable for a brown ale. And yes. that's, that's basically what we wanted. A lot of brown ales out there. Actually, when we came out with it, one of the reasons that we, we brewed this beer first was that um, we figured, you know, brown ales were sort of misrepresented in Quebec. And, and since then, there's been more coming out. But uh, uh, yeah, at that time in 2016, there weren't that many good ones. And uh, the, the better brown ales were you know, often, you know, stronger American uh, brown ales and uh, so stronger, hoppier, sweeter. So we really just wanted to, you know, kind of bring back the British style and, and the, the, the pub brown ale that you can pint. And yeah, so that's the, the story behind Mr. Brown. It's very, very crushable. Like you said, 4.5, uh, super smooth. It's got that maltiness I like, so yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of English-style bitters. Right. And this is, this is right up that alley, so. Yeah, we have a... a um, an ordinary bitter that mm -hmm. we brewed called Les Vivants uh, and we just like we brewed one in, in the fall but we kind of made it a seasonal because it's not a big seller and uh, it's it's too bad and we're, we're thinking of just like discontinuing it because yeah. it's, it's super hard to sell but in the same at the same time it's one of our favorite beers in you know in house and yeah it's too bad something like eventually they'll probably come back, make a comeback, but uh, yeah, English bitters are really hard to sell. People don't, you know, you don't go into a beer store thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to get an English bitter. So, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely, I mean, it's the IPA train right now. Sure. Everything is haze craze. Yep. It's just, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Um, people are hoping that the loggers make a return, which would make me very happy. Yep. The science and the timing behind a, a logger. Absolutely. If you can nail a logger, you can almost nail anything. The yeah. Way I, see it, so. I mean, I didn't, I didn't bring you any loggers because right now we yeah. don't have any on tap uh, because they sell out too fast. <laughs> but yeah, loggers have made a comeback in the, the next, uh, the last uh, couple of years, uh, and there is more and more uh, good craft breweries bring them, and uh, I think they're more and more appreciated. There's still, it's, you know, it's it's nothing compared to the IPA craze, but still at least. Uh, we come out with lagers, and it's a style that we really, really like to brew. And as brewers, you know, uh, we all enjoy IPAs, but IPAs are very uh, uh, tongue-saturating. And, and I mean, at some point, you just want to come, sort of come back to something simple, and which is, I think, 
partly uh, responsible for the comeback of lagers. I think brewers, they're, they're, you know, they're brewers beer and brewers want to brew them. And uh, making a good lager is something, you know, that's uh, subtle and complex. And so, like, we actually have three or four lagers here that we have uh, year-round and uh, uh, Pilsners and a, a Mexican, uh, Mexican lager that, uh, yeah, we just uh, absolutely love. I find lagers are perfect for almost any season, but yeah. especially like that's a that's a terrace beer, that's a patio beer. Is definitely you sit down, you have a, a, lo a nice lager with like a slight malty backbone. It's, yeah, it's perfect. So that's that's personal choice. Obviously, I know people who are just IPAs, New yeah. Englands, and that's it. And um, you're ruining your palate for the day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to you know, beer is the variety. All the spices you could have in beer, all the variety. It's it's. It's the way should, things should be. So try everything the way I see it. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. and that's the you know with jukebox the the, uh, the original idea was to make uh, hoppy American beers. Like back in 2012, IPAs were not that common in Quebec, and they were you know they were really hyped up in the states already. And uh, that was Renault's idea behind uh, jukebox is to it was a West Coast IPA craze at at that moment. But uh, yeah, he wanted to you know bring you know the best IPAs he could make to Quebec. And uh, with Avant Garde, we decided to make you know just all the rest. Yeah. And at first, we didn't brew any IPAs because it was kind of like jukebox specialty. But then we figured we were missing out on a lot of sales, so yeah. <laughs> we started brewing IPAs as well. And uh, like today, I mean, we don't limit ourselves to styles. We just brew whatever we want and whatever I th we think that people will want to drink as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it makes for us. It's it's. It's way more fun just to be uh, like for the creative side. I mean, yeah. uh, it's just brew whatever, whatever's cool to brew. Uh, your names and labels are very unique. Who came sure. up with those? Um, I do most of the branding. I don't do the illustrations because I don't have any talent for that. But uh, so basically, the the can design, you know, with the logo, we have a, a graphic designer that does all mm -hmm. that stuff for us. Uh, and basically, as you can see, the the um, the design with the, the, the lines and the, the framing, basically every can is the same and then the colors and the illustrations are different. At first, we, um, like we, with the name of Agyad, we, we you know, really wanted to give, us, give an artistic dimension to the beer. Um, our, our slogan is actually the art of beer. And uh, so, so we wanted to go with you know, funky illustrations and at first we were, um, you know, we had a different illustrator for every can, for every label. Um, and recently we've decided to go with like the same illustrator for our loggers, one illustrator for our IPAs so that we get kind of like a, a series uh, feeling to them. And, uh, but basically all the, um, all the ideas, pitches and most of the names I come up with. So I basically give a, choose the illustrator, give them a briefing on what, what the beer is, what, um, what I want for the illustration and then uh, just let them go and, and we like to, you know, give them as much freedom in the yeah. illustration as possible, just a few guidelines. And I really like to give them an idea of what the beer is, the beer history and everything, so they can actually you know, get inspired by, by the, the contents you know, and try to make some, uh, some um, nods basically to what the beer is. And then I come up with the... Um, kind of the write-up. The write-up, yeah. 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 I Very actually cool. have a, almost have a PhD in literature, so I, <laughs> I put that to purpose <laughs> on my beer cans. It will have served for that, if nothing else. <laughs> Let's see, yeah. English, lit, PhD, beer. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's a science. So that's, that's where it comes from. So Definitely. that's amazing. Uh, what's the first beer you ever homebrewed? I ever homebrewed? Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, it was um, 
negligible, I think. It was, it was an IPA sort of okay. thing, but I mean, at that point, one of my friends had lent me his, uh, his kit, but it was basically an extract kit with a bucket. And, uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, but I didn't know the difference between extract and all grain, so I went to my homebrew shop. And I said, well, I need, uh, you know, um, uh, I want to brew this type of beer. And so he grinds up all the grain and everything. And I said, well, I was told I needed extract as well. So he's like, well, you know, do you actually know what you're doing? You know? <laughs> so anyway, I, I ended up doing like an extract beer with a, a, a steep of um, uh, specialty grain. And uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of an IPA. It wasn't actually that bad. Uh, but I'd say that the first beer, like I consciously brewed with the purpose, uh, was probably like on my third try. It was um, a saison, uh, which actually was kind of the base idea for une saison en fire, which we brew right now. No, actually, no, for the Funk and the Fury, okay. which uh, which is a saison mixed fermentation uh, saison yeast with Brett in primary. Um, so yeah, basically it was a, a recipe from uh, the Mad Fermentationist, which I adapted to my own needs. And uh, yeah, I, I was way into the Mad Fermentationist for a long time. I love his, uh, his blog and his, uh, his ideas. And uh, yeah, a lot of inspiration for the, the first brews I got from there. That's what I love about the internet is that you can discover so much about either home brewing or, or yeah. you know, influencers, things like that. It's just how you can do stuff, how they do stuff, how you can adapt it in your own style. So yeah. I gotta love the internet when it comes to that kind of stuff. Maybe not some other stuff, but yeah. it's... Uh, I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, we went to the library and you had the little... Uh, <laughs> Dewey Decimal System, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't fathom how uh, people would actually find information in those days. I mean, mind you, there's a lot of, you know, fake news and, and, and shitty information <laughs> on the internet too, so you have to kind of know how to, <laughs> how to make the difference, but... So, as you can hear in the background, you have your kitchen preparing. Yeah, sorry for that. Do, yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, do you have a, have you designed a beer with food menu yet? Not per se. Okay. Um, I mean, it was always in the plans, but we, we, we didn't really want to go, you know, all the way. With, we, we don't really prepare food um, with beer. We don't really use beer in the kitchen that much. I mean, for some, some things we do, but... Um, yeah, we, we haven't really worked on that so much, uh, except for like two weeks ago, it was our, our second anniversary party um, for the, the brewery and tap room, and uh, we did a, you know, a beer food pairing, which was great. I mean, we, we, um, we recently uh, brewed a beer that's um, in rum barrels right now, which is um, a 14.5% imperial stout. Yeah. Uh, so we had a few kegs of that that uh, was not barrel aged and um, we decided to start off the pairing with that and with dessert because it was our birthday so you always start with dessert your birthday. So we had a cannoli um, with, um, with this beer with a uh, um, grated dried cherry topping which was, which was really interesting and it was, it was a, a, a very good pairing and then we, we uh, had a pizza and wild beer uh, pairing and then at the end we had charcuterie yeah. with a uh, rye uh, barrel aged uh, imperial brown ale which is the imperial version of uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Brown which will be out uh, this fall uh, under the name Dr. Brown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah I mean we, uh, we kind of have a mind for it but we haven't really developed anything specific right okay. uh, as of yet. 
So you're not, maybe in the future, the menu will be like, here's this food, here's one or two beers that we recommend. Exactly. Okay, very yeah. cool. Yeah, I, lo I love that where sometimes I just don't want to think. Sometimes it's just, sure. I want this and oh, they say that. So. Yeah, I mean, our staff is aware of, you know, which beer mm -hmm. uh, works with which food. So if, you know, anybody comes here and, and uh, you know, asks for, you know, what would be good with this type of pizza, then, you know, our, our staff is able to, you know, give some recommendations. But uh, yeah, it's not written on the menu or anything, yeah. and it's not, you know, it's kind of like out of our heads. Uh. Uh, what's the third beer I'm going to be drinking? Yeah, so third beer is uh, Just Arpered Haze. Uh, so it's kind of like a um, semi-hazy uh, New England IPA. Um, All citrus yeah. on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What's the alcohol on this? This is, uh, I believe, 6.5. 6.5 or like 7. 6.5. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, so fairly like recent. like a New England hybrid almost? Or? Yeah, almost like a New England hybrid, I would say. Not overly powering, very bad. No, it's not, it's not like super, uh, super sweet or, yeah. or, I mean, it still finishes at around like between 4 and 5 Play-Doh, so there is that residual sweetness. Uh, you know, it's dry hop during fermentation, so you do have the biotransformation of the hops. But it's uh, it's not not near like a West Coast IPA, but it's it's I'd say somewhere on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, that's no, very nice. It's tingling on like the back part of yeah. my tongue there. I don't remember the per certain parts of the palate, but it's like my back right near yeah. my cheeks. It's just kind of like dancing on my tongue. There so it's very nice. Awesome. And now I know you guys collabed with uh, Drew from Kahnawake yep. for one of their anniversary beers. Uh, what are some other collabs you've done? Uh, some of. Uh, we released a collab in the spring with uh, Les Insulaires in uh, Laval, which was a um, passion fruit and argousier lager, which was very nice. Uh, a lot of fruit went in there, but it was still smooth and, and lager-like, which was fun, you know. Uh, a little bit different from most of the, the fruit beers that uh, we brew or find on the market, which were usually um, a lot more, you know, uh, fruit-forward. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else have we brewed? We, we're working on a few collabs right now. We're working on a collab with uh, Boreal for a, a, yeah, a wild fermentation uh, collab with them. Uh, Il de Garde, we have an ongoing project as well that we kind of, it's um, a Viard de Garde that we want to make. Uh, you know, Avant Garde, yeah. Il de Garde, Viard de Garde kind of thing. <laughs> that was a concept. But we, you know, we did a test batch this winter and wasn't really to our, our liking. And it's not the type of beer that you release in the summer either. So. I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting that back on track uh, in the fall. Um, otherwise, uh, who else did we collab with? Um, yeah, it'll come back to me. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> now, yeah. if there is... Oh, like we, we, we released oh. a, a great collab with uh, uh, Melon Brewery, which is okay. the uh, new uh, yeah. brewery yeah. in Rosemont. Uh, one of the two owners is um, one of our ex-brewers. actually started the project recently, was working here... Uh, for almost two years, and um, yeah, while while he was still here before they actually opened the brewery, and he was like super unlucky because he signed his lease like a week before the first um, uh, lockdown, and he was he was um, they were actually bright enough to uh, negotiate a clause in the contract where you know if if they couldn't open or if there was a, a, like a lockdown for the pandemic, uh, this was before the first lockdown, so they had you know. They didn't have to pay rent for like the first three months. So, but I mean, they went through hell and, and, yeah. and back just 
to open their brewery. And now they're, they, they opened a little bit before the uh, deconfinement and, um, you know, they started selling cans on, on, on place. But anyway, long story short, we brewed an um, IPL with them, which was a great beer. Um, super popular. It just uh, sold out like that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to collabing again with them. Uh, so things have settled down. It's safe to go on vacation again, sit in a cylindrical tube of recycled air for hours on end without a mask. A beer vacation you want to yeah. go on that you're like, things have settled down. Let's go somewhere and drink yeah. crack beer from wherever. Prague. Prague? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was, that's my, uh, my next uh, beer destination for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love Belgium as well, uh, you know, traditional Lambic. I'd actually love to do spontaneous fermentation and it's in our plans to eventually get there. So, I, you know, I'd love to go, uh, you know, get some, you know, visit some breweries, get some tips on how to, how to do it. And, um, but yeah, definitely I think Czech Republic would be my first, uh, my first visit. I know, you know, a lot of Quebec brewers, uh, there's actually been some organized trips with uh, Martin Thibault and, uh, from Coureur des Bois, you know, between, uh, you know, a group of brewers just uh, going to, to Prague, and I, I was kind of jealous, actually, not to have been, but uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely go to Czech Republic next. Germany as well. I mean, yeah, I think I, I would really enjoy going on a, you know, more of a traditional um, beer uh, culture trip. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Germany, Germany and, and Czech Republic, you know, Britain as well. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, all those, you know, old school countries. Yeah. yeah. Finding like a brewery somewhere in the hills of like super northern England where you have to yeah. hike for 10 miles or whatever. So. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think there's a lot of appeal for me in, in uh, you know, these old brewing cultures that are super well established. And when you go to, I don't know, uh, Cologne, you you you, um, you drink Kölsch, and mm-hmm. you know you just go to there's you know it's it's there's not that much of a craft beer scene, but it's like the traditional beer scene, yeah. and you know beer has been a staple in those cultures for you know hundreds of years, and they've been drinking more or less the same stuff for hundreds of yeah. years, and yeah, just. Um, Go to you know one of those lager countries where uh, <laughs> where you just drink you know greatly crafted yeah. beer and, and yeah a beer that was fermented in a cave underground yeah, exactly. type thing yeah no that's that's a great like the European trip where you start in England and you work your way west is uh-huh. is definitely one you could just take trains the entire time or rent a car it's yeah uh, the the way just looking on the map it's like oh I could drive everywhere it's a fraction of the size of Canada it's not like us coming from Montreal to going to Vancouver for beer, yeah. or if you're going from England to, let's say, the Czech Republic or whatever, it's a lot less time. Absolutely, so, definitely. Yeah, I, I love that idea. Um, me as well, I'd love to hit Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. I know their beer scene is starting to emerge there too, so it's... Uh, yeah, one of my brewers, actual brewers, spent a year in, um, in Australia uh, working in breweries, so uh, yeah, apparently the scene is uh, it's, it's starting to boom down there. Any breweries that you could think of, like even outside of North America, that you'd brew with, like go to a monastery in Belgium and brew with some monks. Well, or... yeah, definitely. I would definitely brew with like uh, Cantillon, Drifontaine, and uh, you know those uh, those brews. But I, you know, I don't think they're really into the collab scene that <laughs> yeah. much. But yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do some, you know, 
blending collabs. Uh, we have a big barrel uh, program here. We have about 200 barrels and uh, I find that blending is one of my favorite parts of the job because it's, uh, you know, it relies on it's at once, you know, you don't really have control on what the beer is going to be like when you do mixed fermentation. I mean, we have a general idea of how the beer is going to turn out, but it's not always uh, what we expect. And then just to create a beer from all these different beers that we've made and trying, you know, finding ways to integrate some, some beers that are kind of, you know, off spectrum and, you know, bring them back with other beers to, to, to make something that's actually, uh, you know the the best beer that you can you can make. I find you know the the work is just so so much fun and uh, it's you know brewing is is one thing, uh, but it's very it's very technical and it's very repetitive. Um, but yeah, blending is just uh, so much fun. That's the wild part about brewing. It's like yeah, it's very repetitive and technical, but at the same time, it's very experimental as yep, well. So definitely, it's just combining that world of, of putting everything together, which is great. And like you said, blending. Uh, I listened to uh, other drinking podcasts and they have this guy his he's called the american wino and he goes to vineyards and he says the way they blend and stuff uh -huh. and now he's starting to have craft brewers because he sees the popularity of craft brewing in america and he's had yeah. these brewers and uh i think they use the thing called cool ships yep to like kind of cool down the beer and this stuff and it's just the industry as a, as a whole is wild and yep absolutely thousands of books uh Hundreds of hundreds of thousands of podcasts you can listen to, a, a thousand YouTube shows. It's yeah. just the love that people have for crafts and buying local, especially because of the pandemic, is is so good to see for me. Absolutely, and you know, compared to wine, I'm I'm a big wine fan as well. Uh, but I mean, I mean, you you make wine from grapes, so basically, mm -hmm. I think that the agricultural aspect of wine is, is uh, probably one of the, the most important ones. After that, obviously you have to you know, pay attention to what you're doing on the fermentation side and the, the aging, blending and all that. But the main difference with beer is that you have, you have more ingredients. Um, you have the malt and then you have the hops and you have hundreds of varieties of each. So like the potential to make like different products is uh, I think um, way bigger than with wine, and I mean, no disrespect to the wine industry or anything, and, and there's the, a lot of subtlety in the, the wine varietals, grape varietals, and, and, and everything, and it's, it's really all in this subtlety, um, but with, uh, with beer, there's so much experimenta experimentation uh, to do, and, and you can you know, start toasting your own grains and, and, and doing some, some custom stuff that you, I don't think you can really do with, uh, with grapes. Uh, so yeah, there's the, the potential is infinite. And What's the last beer I'm going to be trying here? Yeah, so this it's is a jukebox beer. Uh, it's an 11.5% um, imperial stout uh, aged in bourbon barrels for a year. Um, so that's yeah, that's one of my favorite beers that we've made in the past years. I think it's just like everything is is on point. Um, and it, I mean, it's 11.5%, so it's it's a big beer. But it's it's very drinkable. You don't get that much alcohol warmth. Yeah. Uh, I think the aging process uh, kind of you know scrubbed that out and, and smoothed it out. Uh, plus, uh, compared to a lot of you know bourbon barrels are, are very flavorful. They contribute a lot of mm -hmm. flavor. Uh, and this beer was like so big, and the malt bill is so roasty that uh, I think it kind of like balances the bourbon. And you don't get that much bourbon up front compared to we have a, a bourbon barrel aged barley wine that we. Uh, we released at the same time last year, and uh, that one is all about the bourbon. This one, you, you get the bourbon, but I mean, we've actually had complaints about people, you know, telling us, "Well, 
where's the bourbon? I mean, it's, it's uh, and it, you know, it's been in freshly emptied, non-rinsed bourbon barrels for a year. So I mean, it's not because the bourbon isn't there. It's just because uh, the the beer is it's, it's big enough to to really uh, absorb a lot of the flavor and blend it into the actual flavors of the beer. Uh, you get a really chocolatey, uh, you know, chocolate and vanilla flavor from it uh, that I, I really enjoy. And, and this is uh, the, just for the anecdote, but it's we don't we we can only sell beer here. We're not allowed to sell wine or alcohol because we're, we're actually uh, we don't have a bar permit. We have a brewery permit that allows us to have a tap room, right? So we do, we can't do any shots. So with the kitchen staff and the and the the bar staff at the end of shifts, we do shots of uh, black metal, which is uh, pretty cool. Just a little two three ounces and. Yeah. Uh, this is quite the flavor of beer. Um, like you said, chocolate vanilla. I I get slight hints of bourbon, yeah. but I say I have a consumer palate where I'll try anything. I'll get a little bit of flavors of everything, but I'm not like oh. The hop was grown here in Germany, right. and I don't, I don't have that knowledge, I don't have that palate, so uh, this is something by a campfire, with a cigar, yeah. and just enjoying this, so Definitely. this is, all your beers are fantastic, this is my favorite so oh, far. Thanks. So here's a question I usually ask, now you're kind of more isolated than other places, there are one or two places that have opened, um, somebody comes here, tries all your fantastic beers, buys some beers on the way home. Any friends in the area that you suggest for people to try before they kind of head home? Oh, definitely. Well, there's Mutuil, like you, you mentioned, uh, which is kind of pretty nearby on Aschlager. Uh, L'espace public uh, that just, well, they have a, their, their, uh, their bar on Ontario, but they opened a brewery uh, production facility uh, right nearby their bar, which is uh, basically on it's on Les Tourneurs and, um, well, almost Ontario, basically. So it's, it's just a, a stone's throw away from their bar. And they, uh, they don't have a... Actually, they're opening their terrace. If it's not open, it's, it's opening imminently. Um, and they're planning on having a tap room there as well, but they haven't got to building that yet. Uh, but you can just uh, go to the brewery and get some, some great beers from them. Uh, so what's next for kind of avant-garde jukebox as a brand? What's, what's next for you guys? Well, uh, that's a good question. Like for now, um, like our last next step was the kitchen. So now that we're open, we kind of want to surf on that and get things uh, get things going here. Uh, we don't really have any you know projects that are imminent. Um, like I said before, we we just uh, we changed distributors uh, in the, in the spring mm -hmm. in March. Um, and we created a company uh, with a few different breweries to, to hire sales reps. So we're working on that a lot to get uh, get sales up to where uh, we're comfortable as a as a company. Uh, so that that's taking a lot of um, a lot of energy right now. Um, I mean, next step: developing new beers as well. We 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 came out with a lot of new beers this year because we 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 hadn't. Uh, we were kind of coasting on the beers that we had for a while and uh, you know with the pandemic and everything loss of revenue uh, we figured it was time to just hit the old creative um, department up with uh, new products so we came came out with a lot of uh, new beers this uh, this spring and a couple new beers coming out again in, in uh, the fall plus all of our bar barrel aged uh, beers that we uh, we release generally in the fall and, and just after uh, uh, after Christmas um, so yeah, I'll be working on new products as well for the fall lineup. Um, 
And I mean, I would like our next project to be a cool ship on the roof of this yeah. building. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that'll be done in time for the, the cold, uh, you know, the, the cool fall weather. Uh, but if I could get that done for next spring, I'd be really happy. Um, yeah, and, and otherwise, we just want to, you know, get things working here and, and just, you know, uh, get people to come down and, and eat and drink and have fun, <laughs> basically. Awesome. Have you ever thought of, like, because I know this is starting to become very popular and obviously we're thinking of the future, like solar panels trying to come become carbon negative is that like an idea as well? it, it's an idea it's an idea that we had when we when we opened up uh, to be honest we uh, we looked into a lot of different um, possibilities um, but well first of all there was the, the startup capital that was kind of you know pretty pretty big to for you know from the get-go and so we kind of decided that um, like we weren't sure that we could hack it to, to you know invest in uh, some technologies that were pretty expensive and we like the main thing that we wanted to do was um, you know there's a lot of heat recuperation that can be done I think with with the brewing process we have like a steam boiler that emits a lot of heat yeah. uh, we have a glycol chiller that's on the roof that uh, and so we, we looked into that uh, there was a project that we had with um, our uh, collaborator that brews Ipon um, so Ipon is basically a brand that we, we subcontract here that, that's been with us for uh, forever and um, the Julien, the guy that's behind that, he has a you know huge knowledge of um, uh, botanics and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know everything that's plant-based, basically fruit and exotic fruits and all that. And uh, he would have liked to have like a small greenhouse on the roof here. Uh, structurally, is a problem for the building, but uh, the idea was to uh, you know uh, grow some exotic fruits that that uh, that were like so, sort of on the limit of being, you know, growable in Quebec because of the cold winters. Um, the, the main issue we found with that, uh, we wanted to recuperate, recuperate CO2 from fermentations and heat from the brewing process. But the big problem is that like, we don't brew at night and that's when you need it. So all that heat, you know, you recuperate during the day, uh, but when you really need it, it's not really there. Uh, so, so anyway, it, you know, we looked into different projects like this and, and uh, uh, eventually, when all this you know pandemic shit is done with, and that we're we're actually rolling and, and uh, uh, turning a profit with this place, then I would really like to get into you know more sophisticated systems to, to uh, yeah to go in that direction because I think it's it'll be super important. Well, today and in the future, even more so. Uh, yeah, it's something that we'd like to, to to look into for sure. Awesome. I have no other questions for you. I really appreciate you having us today. Uh, let my audience know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, uh, we have uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so basically, Brassard Avantgarde. Uh, you can hit us up, hit us up there. We're actually building our new website, which will be online probably next week. Um, yeah, you can you can find us on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Okay, and if yeah. people are in Montreal, where can they physically find? In the tap room here, uh, we're in the east end of Montreal, Metro L'Assomption. So we're right next to the Green Line uh, on Ashlaga. And uh, yeah, we have a whole lot of different retailers that hold their products mostly. Well, all, obviously the craft beer stores um, are, all have our products and uh, we're working, the, a lot of supermarkets as well. Um, and we're yeah, working to, uh, to get our beer out there as much as we can, for sure. But we're, we're, we're pretty easily findable. Awesome, so you heard it here. Uh, now today, if you like the episode, hit subscribe, 
comments, uh, notification bell. As for us, allbeerinside.com is the website, at allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap. <laughs>